0: Welcome to the Solar ONM Insider, the first podcast series dedicated to solar PV operations, maintenance, and asset management. This series is brought to you by Electris, a global solar asset care innovation firm. I'm Glenna Wiseman of Identity 3, your host. The world's first report on digitalization and solar was issued by Solar Power Europe this past October. Thought to be the first in-depth analysis of digital technology in solar PV in the world, digitalization and solar explores how solar can make the most of the market opportunities arising from digitalization in smart solar homes, peer-to-peer electricity trading, digitalized manufacturing, and high-tech O&M. In this episode of the Solar O&M Insider, we're joined by members of the Solar Power Europe Digitalization and Solar Task Force to explore the emerging trends in high-tech O&M. We are very pleased to welcome Sonia Donlap, Policy Advisor for Solar Power Europe and the Lead for the Digitalization and Solar Task Force, Alison Finch, Chief Marketing Officer for Huawei Solar Europe, Basili's Papa Economu, Managing Director for Electries and Solar Power Europe's O&M Task Force Leader, and Ruben Ron head of section for the solar unit for DNVGL. Welcome to the show all.
1: Thank you, Glenna. It's nice to be here again with you and all these great participants in this podcast.
2: Hi, Glenna.
3: Thank you. Thank you for, for, for allowing me being here in this interesting uh, podcast. Excellent.
0: Well, Ruben and Sonia, thank you for joining us for the first time. And Allison, we look forward to hearing from you as well. So, Sonia, let's start with you. Why did Solar Power Europe form the Digitalization and Solar Task Force? And can you give us some background on this first report from the from the uh, group?
2: Yes, of course. So we uh, here at Solar Power Europe, um, uh, we're the European Solar PV Industry Association. And, and it was a really a last year where we found that more and more members, member companies of our association were coming to us and saying, you know, we really should look at digitalization and how it will impact PV because this is becoming more and more of an important issue. And so in December of, of last year, December 2016, we, we decided to do just that. And, and I think we, we found that digitalization as a broad topic was popping up in the policy debate here in Brussels, at the, in, in the EU policy debate, in our storage task force and work stream, in, in, in discussions about industrial strategy and industry 4.0, and crucially in our operations and maintenance and asset management task force. And so I think we wanted to look at both what are the challenges in terms of digitalization that are facing the whole sector in terms of interoperability, data protection, cybersecurity, um, and, 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 and look into that a bit more. And this report is kind of the culmination of the work of that digitalization and solar task force here within Solar Power Europe. And we wanted to really answer, I think, three, maybe four questions. So first of all, how digitalization can increase the deployment of solar across uh, across Europe and indeed across the world? What are the new business models that digitalization creates um, uh, uh, for, for solar? How does it improve existing business models as well? And how can we digitalize the whole PV value chain of which O&M and asset management is, of course, a critical part and better integrate solar into the grid? So that's kind of the background to the report. We identified five different um, kind of new business models. But I think the, the, the O&M, the operations and maintenance and asset management uh, section is one that's, that's garnered a lot of interest. Uh, and so it's great that we're looking at that in more detail today.
0: And indeed we will we'll give uh, listeners where they can get this report because it is indeed quite broad in terms of the various parts of the sect- uh, the parts of the industry that you're tackling, and um, I'm I'm happy that we'll be able to focus on one part because even within that one part, it's it's a very there's a lot of information in terms of the operations and maintenance. Um, and indeed, digital technology can be used for large-scale utility ground-mounted solar to reduce operational costs and increase asset performance. Uh, the solar O and M sector is already highly digitalized. But new digital technologies become viable as their costs decrease. To all on the panel today, what trends emerged in this report that you found particularly compelling and why? Vasilys, maybe you could start us out.
1: Well, um, I, I think the, the interest that this report has, uh, has gained in the market is, is a clear indication about um, a maturation process that the, uh, the solar PV market is going through. Um, I remember years ago when we um, started discussing about uh, evolved software for managing plans, not just monitoring plants. There was always an interest there. People found that interesting, but uh, it was kind of premature uh, in a way that people really did not understand the need at that point in time. And what we see in, I would say, in the last year or even less, um, a dramatic shift in, uh, uh, a dramatic shift in, in the interest in uh, in uh, in software generally, uh, and that shows that the market is evolving and uh, the stakeholders really clearly understand uh, the needs of digitalization. In the meantime, apart from finding it as, as something neutrally interesting, I would say. Um, we also see that uh, in the market happening. I mean, uh, in the conferences that we are participating uh, in the last month, um, there's, there's more and more topics and more and more exhibitors, actually, um, uh, for, for products that relate to, to software and less to the classic, let's say, um, components or devices. So I, th- I think the, the, uh, the market is maturing in a way that um, it's getting more complex, it's getting more global and it's getting more complicated. and naturally, the answer to this solution is digitalization software. Uh, I think we're still at a rather early stage uh, because uh, they, the software adoption is is quite big in the market. Uh, but it's not really integrated. Uh, At least that is my understanding. Um, And what I mean is that stakeholders use uh, a lot of different platforms, a lot of different software packages, uh, but isolated, not connected with each other, not integrated together. So um, the interest is already there. The need actually is already there. Um, I, I believe we're in the very first steps, And we're going to see lots of things happening. And what I would uh, uh, expect in the coming months, I would not even say years, that we we would see more and more often more evolved platforms, integrated platforms that accommodate lots of the needs and not only specialize in in specific topics like monitoring or service management or asset management or forecasting. Um, I would expect very soon to see a sort of consolidation on the software side of the business where we would see more and more evolved platforms um, covering uh, quite extensively the needs of solar PV plants throughout the operational life. And and, uh, there's already some steps towards that direction, uh, but I think that's going to pick up uh, a lot uh, and consequently also the interest and the added value that um, software and digitalization is going to provide is going to change dramatically uh, very, very soon. Not, not even years, I would say.
0: So, um, Ruben, you come from DNVGL, a large global company. What, what is your, the perspective of your team on what's happening with high-tech O&M?
3: Thank you. thank you, Glenn, and thank you, Basilis, for sharing your, your point of view with, with, with us. Uh, we in DNBGL uh, see the use of historical operational data as a powerful tool for the optimization of OM. As you may know, around one year ago, we, we um, acquired Green Power Monitor, one of the most important companies providing monitoring solutions to the renewable energy sector. Uh, and they become part, became part of the DNBGL group. Together, uh, we are nowadays immersed uh, in the development of different tools and applications to help project owners and O&M contractors to improve the way they manage their plants. In particular, from the trends uh, included in the report, I will highlight the predictive maintenance for, for inverters, where we, we are seeing many customers uh, showing interest on the analysis of uh, failure rates, for example, through benchmarking-based on real data. Of course, the, the, the use of drones uh, for airplanes, um, that is already a reality, has changed the way the inspections are performed, allowing faster and more reliable uh, analysis. And also, cloud computing, that is already applied by, by our colleagues from GPN due to the amount of uh, operational data that has to be managed and will be impossible in other ways.
0: Excellent. Sonia, um, there are others. T- tell us about how many companies are on that worked and participated on this report, and some of the other f- the, some of the other kinds of feedback that you think it would be important to us to mention related to high tech O and M.
2: Yes, so the task force is made up of um, about twenty uh members of solar power Europe. Uh, there are more that have expressed an interest uh, uh, but 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 roughly twenty active members who contributed to the writing of of uh, of the whole report and the section on o and 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 I think the section on 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 operations and maintenance and asset management is one of the ones that's gained a lot of interest because this is a a segment of the PV. If you look at the whole PV value chain from the processing of raw materials, to manufacturing, to installation uh, design, this is probably the part of the value chain that's most digitalized. And so where there is the most activity in terms of the application and the creation of new digital solutions. Um, and we've had, um, uh, uh, dozens of companies get in touch with us to say how much they appreciated that we did this report and how 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 useful it is for the work they do. And I just wanted to pick up on one thing Ruben said there actually about um, how you're doing predictive maintenance on inverters to optimize the maintenance of the plant. And I think it's so true. There's so much data that can be gathered from a PV plant, be put into the cloud, and that can range from everything from irradiation data to 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 metering data, temp- module temperature data, data cloud cover and weather data, and I think what's really interesting as well is that as this industry uh, matures, because let's face it, we're still a relatively young industry, um, we will more and more be able to figure out which. Uh, which types of data are worthwhile uh, gathering and can be monetized and what kind of frequency we need. So I spoke to a couple of people who had a background in the IT industry and they said at first we just gathered all the data we could and then gradually we worked out that this data we needed every 15 seconds, this data we only needed once a week and we, 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 we were able to optimize the data based on how much we were able to monetize and get value out of that data. And I think that's a process the solar industry is also uh, probably going through at the moment, and will continue to go through over the next few uh, years.
0: And this report came out in October. Um, It's been very popular, is our understanding. And you are representing it at an, an event coming up here on the 5th of December, correct?
2: that's right so so um it because it's been uh, uh downloaded so many times and 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 it was very popular when it was launched in amsterdam in early october we're actually going to uh redesign it upgrade it expand it slightly and do another print run and 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 and, and distribute it again at an event in munich on the 5th of december um uh, called digital solar and storage so it's very sort of um appropriate to the topic uh so i do encourage everyone who's uh, who can to come to Munich on the 4th and 5th of December, actually, uh, uh, to take part in that, because we'll be going into all these kinds of topics in more detail.
0: All right. Well let's let's drill down a little bit on some of the actual examples of advanced digital technology for o And um, maybe uh, Ruben, you could start out and just kind of give us a little bit of perspective of what DNVGL is offering in the market and what kind of promise do you see um, emerging out of digitalization in solar?
3: Yeah, thank you. Um, the NPGR,, as, as you may know, is totally committed with the digitalization of services, and, and we even support our customers in the digitalization path. Um, I would say that uh, we are providing offerings related to all trends mentioned in the report. Uh, I would like to highlight our most recent milestone. Uh, it is called Veracity. Veracity is a platform uh, that includes a marketplace where customers can access all the MBGL's digital services and applications, but also services from third parties. That is very interesting. Veracity also includes a community for developers to make it easier to develop new application analytics. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it has been launched uh, early this month and hopefully it will be one of the most important uh, digital tools in the, in the market soon. Additionally, as commented before, uh, Green Power Monitor uh, is already providing digital services to plant owners and O and contractors. Uh, together with our PV lab from uh, US, they are exploring the way of improving predictive maintenance of PV plants. So yeah, the, we are totally committed with the digitalization and, and we hope uh, increase our uh, portfolio services in the future.
0: Alison, are you with us? I am. Excellent. Hello. Hello, Alison Finch with Huawei Solar Europe. Could you give us a little bit of guidance around the offerings that your company is bringing to the market related to digitalization and solar? Yes. So I, I think
4: it, uh, it's very exciting for us when uh, SP came saying that they, they wanted to focus on this. So we've been quite heavily involved. So I think you could look at it from several different levels. And if you take Huawei um, as the telecoms business that everybody knows, it's it's almost what I would call in, in my UK speakers, the bread and butter of what we do. So if, if you think about Huawei and telecoms, Uh, It's all uh, interested in in big data, cloud management, um, making a better connected world. That's literally the purpose of the company. So then you you look at our uh, entry into the uh, solar market in 2013 and how we've uh, approached that. It, It really hasn't been a case of, there's an opportunity here because the solar market is buoyant and therefore we'll just put equipment in. It, it's always been from the point of view of smart PV. That's the way we've approached it right from the beginning. So we've we've been looking at it from the point of view of smart PV and digitalization right from the start. And I think if, if you then go another layer down to the contribution, because it's, it's very easy to say all this, but it can sound like rhetoric. Um, but I think we've got some really really strong cases now globally where you can see that digitalization is transforming uh, the solar industry. And and if I drill right down to, say, one case uh, study that we've put into this digitalization report, the, the recent uh, solar farm that was opened in the UK by Claire Perry, the energy minister, um, which was built by UNESCO, um, with really strong collaboration, uh, you know, quite a deep partnership with Huawei and also BYD from the battery point of view. Um, And what we've really looked at there is, is looking at Um, a market where we all have to have a vision for it being post-subsidy and how do you get there Um, and digitalization is, is absolutely one of the key factors to help us get to that point where the solar industry can be competitive with all forms of energy generation so we're not just on about renewables but all forms of uh, energy generation um, and how do we get to that um, and the sort of things that uh, we've introduced that, that allow that to happen is to give you a really specific example we have something a, a unique uh, piece of software that you would look at called the IV curve diagnosis um, and with that we can uh, it, it's highly digitalized, it's remote from the plants um, and we can detect faults at string level so you can quite significantly reduce your uh, LCOE to solar PV by doing this because you're not having people, uh, the electricians having to go on site in remote places and do you know uh, sporadic testing to see if the plant's performing. Instead, what you can do is just run it from a remote uh, office even look to see if the plant is performing if the yield to what you want it to be and if you do detect a problem then you can get the the right resource into the right place very quickly to sort it out so IV curve diagnosis is one really good example um, I can go I don't want to take up too much space but there there are more things that we're doing really looking at remote centering the control of the plants uh, and how also when you do have to put, People out in the field, um, making it digital for the field workers. You know, even looking at things like the, the smart glasses technology. So whatever the guy in the ground is seeing, the person that is remotely uh, the, the expert that's looking at how to run that uh, solar plant effectively. Um, can see the same thing, and they can communicate really well in order to get some real-time information and and keep the plant running properly. So that's just like a drill down into one example, but I could drill back up again into loads more of the things that we've been uh, doing with SPE, Um, but I I won't hug it. I'll let you ask another question.
0: No worries, and we'll circle back to you because I'd love to have your perspective on um, the emerging trends that you see happening uh, in this space. Vasilis, sure. can you tackle um, the, your company's offerings uh, in this so- software digitalization space and what you see happening in the future?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, as we all know, digitalization is such a broad term. It, it, it covers really a lot of things. And, and what we hear from Ruben and Allison today is, is Really, very useful. Um, <clears throat> what we have, though, is something uh, slightly different, uh, and it's coming out of our um, activities as a service provider. So, one of the basic considerations that we've done in the very beginning, uh, when we were starting in the in the uh, in this market in this um, uh, market segment, was how. Could we possibly manage the data and our activities in the most efficient way with a target to bring the optimum results to the uh, uh, to our customer and by optimum i don't just mean the technically optimum but the financially optimum. so uh, based on that consideration what we have developed and that years ago is what we call in the meantime a solar erp and the reason we did not call that a monitoring system or an asset management system or anything similar is because it actually covers much more than uh, specific topics. So what, what we have developed and where we're standing today is a integrated platform where we try to integrate information from monitoring systems, from uh, field activities, from, uh, you know, from the cost perspective, so, anything that relates to data and information relating to, to uh, operational assets. And once you have that concentrated and standardized in a database, in a platform, then you can draw um, surprisingly good uh, reports uh, about activities and their impacts. Uh, for example, uh, you can have, of course, the, the, the obvious one, a very tight cost control uh, of you know, your technicians or subcontractors. But then you can define specific APIs like uh, what is the cost of resolving an issue versus to what the issue would cost in terms of loss of energy. Uh, So we are evaluating our activities from the financial, from the cost perspective as well. So being a service provider, we are actually obliged not to look at everything purely from the technical, from the engineering part. Uh, but since um, you know we want to provide a, a better service to our clients, we want to work in a way that um, we prove at the end of the day that the services that we provide, whether these are asset management services or operational maintenance services, are actually not a cost but actually a profit for them because the the, the cost for outsourcing these services actually, is far less than the benefit that they gain uh, throughout these services. And you can only do that uh, in a documented way once you have very precise data and detailed information both about you know, the monitoring, so the data acquisition system, the actual field activities and the relating costs. So what we have developed and we are actually using internally as a company is a platform that uh, tries to the maximum possible extent to integrate all these uh, sources of information in one single database uh, in order to be able to draw uh, informed conclusions and informed decisions and make informed decisions uh, of what is the financially optimum uh, for operating an asset
0: it's fascinating to me thank you and thank you Vasilis it's fascinating to me all of the different ways that the industry looks at how this high tech area can um uh, as Allison said reduce the um levelized cost of energy and how we can become much more competitive continue to be in, in, much more competitive uh with traditional energy sources um so Let's, let's all get out our crystal ball here a little bit, and um, from your own unique perspective, including Sonia, let's look at what do you see as emerging trends in this area of high-tech O&M, and maybe, Allison, we could start with you. Well, I, I think um, I'd go back to
4: the the report, which has really uh, initiated this conversation that we're having. And uh, one of the contributions that I was delighted to make was to lead the, uh, the work that was done on the solar industry's seven commitments on digitalisation. So this is a particular group that we got together to say, you know, it it's all very well going to the governments in Europe and saying we need this regulation in all like on cybersecurity, whichever element of digitalization you want to take, it's all very well going to the government saying we want this kind of regulation um in order to make it work. But really it needs the industry to drive this forward because um as we've all been saying, digitalization is such a big exciting topic and it is transforming the world not just in solar so we really wanted to look what is it that the solar industry um can do itself um, and we came up and it's right at the front of the report actually and sonia can tell you but on something like page three or something um very early on and we came up with seven uh real commitments that we think the industry can do and i think these show us what some of the trends are so um if I, if I take a couple that are really more downstream than, say, Huawei would currently work being a manufacturer. But when we're looking at things like prosumer choice, um, we really need to do things like promoting transparency um, and then choice for the prosumer um, so that they can switch from one product to another, um, really get the, the best optimum uh, electricity for themselves, and in order to do that, you've you've got to do it digitally. You've got to have facts at your fingertips, at the uh, prosumer's fingertips, in order to do it. And another one that's really similar is the peer-to-peer exchanges. Uh, so we're very supportive of decentralized peer-to-peer energy exchanges, um, and looking at innovative solutions to that. So blockchains are what the the training one we all talk about at the moment, and that really. Uh, fits into that area exactly how we don't know, and it, it's you know, will blockchain be the thing we're talking about in four years' time, or will it not? Honestly, I don't know the answer to that, but the really good thing is that we're focusing on it. Um, and then I won't go through all seven, but we we then come down into ones that uh I, I can say the certainty Huawei is going to be incredibly active on in the next uh few years uh, a really key one that I think people are talking about more and more is having smart and stable grids uh, what can solar contribute to that how, do, how does solar uh, aggravate that and, and make it a bit disruptive or, or a little bit more difficult um, and we really feel that in virtual manufacturers because we really are responsible for the brains around solar production on, on solar sites we really feel it's our responsibility to get involved in that area and really work with the the grid operators and find out how we can uh, really improve the grid system thinking about it completely differently you know how much do we need to look at micro grids versus national grids uh, fascinating subject in itself Um, and then there are the things that I've already mentioned levelised cost of electricity compared to other energy uh, sources so reducing cost there's so many ways that digitalization can help us reduce the cost of solar the, the iv curve stops us having to get people out on site quite so much you know just just as the one example that i've given already um and then the final one i'll just put into this in terms of trends uh and i've just been to milan this week and it was quite a hot topic there on the asset management with with Solar Plaza, but. We really do need to look at data protection and cybersecurity. And again, it, it's something that uh, Huawei does as standard. It's it absolutely critical that when we're putting these systems in, that they're safe, they're reliable, uh, not hackable. Um, you know, And as an industry, I think it's really important that we work together and understand those standards and make sure that everybody's working to them as well. So, you know, in terms of trends, we're really looking at decentralization, prosumers, peer-to-peer trading, uh, how we integrate all of this whilst being decentralized and how we protect it all and keep it safe as well. So, you know, it's a really mature uh, electricity source. Um, which is really different, isn't it? To, I know when I started in the solar industry five years ago, all the focus was really about there's this plot of land or there's this roof. How do we as cheaply as possible get solar onto it and make some money? So there was very little conversation about how that connects in, um, you know, and, and how we really reduce costs from an OPEX point of view. So I think the conversations are, are, are shifting drastically, um, and digitalization is, is just at the heart of it, really.
0: And and I agree with you. And just to Vasily's point that he just said a, a minute ago, it's the whole software space, just as one small part of it, which actually has ramifications over the whole thing. It has just exploded in the last five years. Um, so, mm-hmm. Ruben, what what uh, what perspective would you lend from
3: DNB GL on emerging trends? Uh, so, uh, th- thank you, Graham. Um... The level of information gathered from from the solar plants uh, has been increased a lot during all these years and uh, it will be increased and um, today almost all is recorded from them so we we see that the way how to manage all this information, how to share it, and how to to be used, is the new challenge. Uh, the, there are many applications, software solutions that uh, uh, are being used uh, today, uh, and DMBR is now uh, providing these kind of solutions to, to support users to to do that so as commented by Alison before one of the things we we see that uh, it will be very important in the future because of all this information will be shared uh, in order to be useful is the um, the cyber security. So we are also investigating in, in that way and we are providing also some solutions in, in that way. In, in fact, veracity, the, the platform I explained uh, uh, before, uh, is one of the, the pillars. I mean, uh, they provide this kind of security to users to allocate their data in this uh, platform be platform. used, manage, share. So yeah, I would say that it is difficult to, to to, um to see how it will evolve but uh, we will be there to to um, to develop us uh, uh, uh all these uh, new applications and, and software
0: excellent so, Sonia um you have been leading this uh initiative there within Solar Power Europe, and um, it must be incredibly exciting, everything that you're seeing. Tell us a little bit about what you expect to come out of the December
2: 5 event. I think um, there's all sorts of uh, interesting technology. Every time I go to one of these events, I get inspired by, by new and different technologies that can be put to new uses. Um, I think if you really want to gaze off into the future, I have an interesting question for, 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 for the audience. In fact, is it possible that one day in the future, 3D printing technology could potentially um, uh, help manufacture some basic spare parts needed in the operations and maintenance of utility-scale solar, maybe manufacturing those spare parts closer to site and reducing the number of parts, spare parts you need in storage. It's 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 a wacky idea. It's probably a long way off, but it's it's <laughs> worth thinking about. But I also think I wanted to to. to um, Tell you about uh, a discussion that we had in one of the meetings uh, recently, one of the task force meetings, and it was about infrared, doing infrared analysis of uh, of modules on on utility scale plants, and of and. And we had a number of different people in the room who all used slightly different technologies. So some sent an operative, a, a, a worker to the plants to do the infrared analysis using a handheld uh, infrared camera. Then others said, no, we reckon it's more cost effective, going back to the issue of cost that Vasilis mentioned, if, if you do it using a drone. And then others said, no, we reckon you could actually get the same resolution and do it at even less cost by using satellite technology same for the detection of dirt on modules so it was so interesting how these three different you know drones versus satellite what are the different, that's a great example of, of as these new digital technologies become available and as their costs reduce they, they're, they're all competing against each other in a market to see who can provide the highest quality data and the highest quality service uh, for the least cost so so I think you're going to see that in, in lots of different aspects of solar O&M um, and uh, and 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 who knows what will come in the future? But as I say, maybe three D printing is part of that. Maybe blockchain can maybe use to 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 to, to log some of the sort of data um, uh, from O and M. Who knows? It's it's a very exciting space, and and one will definitely be looking at more on the fifth of December in Munich. Excellent.
0: Well, if, if, if I may provide
1: there my input. Sorry for interrupting you, Glenna, uh, because we're talking about the future. And that's always a very interesting subject. Um, the the way that uh, you know, I'm I'm seeing that how this is going to evolve because currently there are so many um, ambitious uh, companies or, or or teams in the companies. Uh, tackling the, the whole software thing uh, in the soda industry, um, for the time being, is is a it's still kind of unformed. Uh, yeah, 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 not not hasn't taken form yet. Uh, but eventually, what I see, not in the distant future, really, is that we have three basic software types or or let's say uh, categories. I think the first one is is going to be specializing in anything that has to do with maintenance and, and technical assessment, uh, you know, using, uh, evaluating the bus data, cloud computing, big data, or however this is called. So uh, leveraging basically on, on the masses of data that are generated and, and stored from data acquisition systems. So that, that's, I think, going to be a, a discrete uh, segment in the software market for PV. The second one, um, in my eyes, is going to be focusing on the operations. So how we get this data, you know, draw conclusions and take actions, how we facilitate the information exchange between uh, different stakeholders, minimize the, the cost through, uh, you know, just for data exchange and information exchange, uh, optimizing operations, uh, you know, anything relating to that. And the third uh, category, what I see is going to be relating to the grid and how the the generation actually integrates to the rest of the grid and how this can be sort of automated or remotely controlled and aligned with other um, uh, energy sources and, and so on. So, currently, there is so many, I think, tens of software packages doing uh, these different things either specialized in one specific item or, you know, doing that in a broader manner. Um, but I think that this is going to be not how the future is going to look in, in uh, you know, not, in not too many years from now because at the end of the day, all these uh, software platforms or software packages really need to be integrated together. So uh, consequently, I cannot see... Uh, asset owners or any other stakeholders relying on, let's say, 10, 15, or 20 different software packages for doing the business. Um, uh, On the other hand, it's not going to be just one that's going to be able to manage all that. So I do see, and I don't know if the rest of the participants today agree, uh, there's going to be basically three types, uh, let's say, grid-related, operations-related, and technical, predictive maintenance, and technically-related software packages that will by definition uh, we have to communicate with each other and exchange data and information. That's how I would see um, the future evolving in the medium term, not long term for sure, maybe short term as well.
0: Well, it's obvious that there, this is a rich conversation. Um, and, uh, Sonia, maybe we can pick up uh, after the December 5 event, the first of the year, and do a, a second um, podcast on all of this. I want to thank thank you all, Sonia Dunlap, Allison Finch, Vasilis Papa Economo and Ruben Braun for joining us on the Solar O&M Insider.
2: Thank you. Yeah,
3: thank,
0: thank you, you very you. much, everyone.
3: Thank you, all. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode on digital solar O&M trends. You can find more information and download a copy of the Digitalization and Solar Report at solarpowereurope.org. Email us at marketing at com to send us your ideas for topics and guests for the series. I'm Glenna Wiseman of Identity 3. The Solar O&M Insider podcast series is brought to you by electris at electris.com.